This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. In Psalm 48, verse 1 and 2, as the mountain of God's holiness. It also calls it, it also says about this city of God that this city of God is beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth. And it calls this city of God Mount Zion. It calls it the city of the great king. Now, this city of God called Mount Zion is not a physical city. In other words, this city does not have a geographical location on earth. But this city we are talking about is an heavenly one. It's an heavenly city. The Bible also refers to this city as the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, this same city that the Bible talks about in Psalm 48 verse 1 and 2 as the city of God, as the mountain of his holiness, as Mount Zion, the city of the great king. The Bible lets us know in Hebrews chapter 11 that heroes of faith like Abraham, Abel, Enoch, Noah, and Co. The Bible lets us know that they knew that there was a city like this. They knew. The Bible lets us know that they sought after a particular city whose builder and maker was God. They were looking for a city. They sought for it. They sought after a better country. Now, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. The book of Hebrews chapter 11. Now, we're going to start from verse, verse 8. Now, I was letting you know that even heroes of faith in the Old Covenant, they knew there was a city that was not that could not be found on earth, that didn't have a geographical location. They sought after this city. They looked for this city. So the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, from verse 8, the Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. In other words, in the book of Genesis, I believe chapter 12 and 13, the Bible lets us know that God called Abraham from his father's house. And God told him, come out from your father's house and go to a land I will show you. So God didn't tell Abraham the particular land he was going to. But God called Abraham out of his father's house to a land that he would go to. So the Bible lets us know in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 that by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should afterwards receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. In other words, not knowing where he went. So when God called Abraham, Abraham responded by faith, not even knowing exactly where he was going to. Verse 9, the Bible says, By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the earth with him of the same promise. Verse 10, the Bible says in verse 10 that for he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, the Bible lets us know from verse 8 that by faith, when God called Abraham out of his father's house to a place, the Bible says that when Abraham came out from his father's house, the Bible says that he responded by faith, not knowing exactly where he was going to. And the Bible says in verse 9 that by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Now, the Bible says something very important in verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 11. It says, for it looks for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So, the Bible lets us know that all the while, while Abraham was on earth, after he gave birth to Isaac, and Isaac also had Jacob, the Bible says that he dwelt in tabernacles, that by faith, Abraham knew that he had not found that particular city that God promised him. But the Bible says Abraham dwelt in that promised land as in a strange country, 
dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city that had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So Abraham was looking for a city that had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. But while on earth, Abraham didn't find that particular city. He could not locate that city. But wherever he found himself, the Bible says that by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles. Abraham knew that there was a greater city. But wherever he found himself, he dwelt in tabernacles, knowing that there was a better city. For the Bible says he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, you begin to ask yourself a question. Which, what city is this that Abraham was looking for? Which city is this that it says has foundations, whose builder and maker is God? Now, put your hand in Hebrews 11 and, and let's go to Psalm 87. The book of Psalms chapter 87. Now, the Bible says Abraham looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, Psalm 87. Psalm 87. We're going to read from verse 1 to 3 of Psalm 87. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10, that Abraham looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So Abraham knew there was such a city that had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, Psalm 87, from verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, his foundation is in the holy mountains. Now, remember, when we read Psalm 48, the Bible lets us know about the city of God, that the city of God is also known as Mount Zion, that the city of God is the mountain of his holiness, and it says it's beautiful for situation. So Psalm 87 verse 1 says, his foundation is in the holy mountains, because Hebrews 11, 10, the Bible says, Abraham looked for a city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So, Abraham knew that that promise, that city of promise, that city of inheritance was a city that had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And so, for all the earthly cities that Abraham went to, he only built tabernacles, knowing that there was a city, his foundation is in the holy mountains. In other words, he's saying that God's foundation, is in the holy mountain. So that city that has foundation, whose builder and maker is God, that Abraham was looking for, was actually the holy mountain of God. He says his foundation is in the holy mountain. Verse 2 of Psalm 87, the Bible says, The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob, letting us know that the holy mountain he talks about in verse 1 of Psalm 87 is talking about Zion because he says his foundation is in the holy mountains. Verse 2, he says, the Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. In other words, he's saying that God loves the gates of Zion, of Mount Zion, more than all the dwellings of Israel. Israel, because it is Jacob that was called Israel. The Israel of nation came out from Jacob. So he says that God loves the gates of this city called Zion, this mountain of Zion, this Mount Zion, this heavenly city. He says God loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Verse 3, he says, glorious things are spoken of the old city of God. In other words, the Bible lets us know in Psalm 87 that God's foundation is in the holy mountain. And it lets us know in verse 2 that this holy mountain is Zion. Because he said God loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Verse 3 it says, glorious things spoken of the old city of God. Letting us know that this holy mountain in that has the foundation of God is Zion. It's the city of God. So it says glorious things are spoken of the old city of God. Now, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11. I just needed to show you that so that you could understand that when the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 10, that Abraham looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. It was actually talking about Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. So it says God's foundation is in his holy mountain. For God loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. It says glorious things are spoken 
spoken of the city of God. So notice has been spoken about Mount Zion, since about Zion. So the Bible says that Abraham looked for that city. In verse 10 of Hebrews 11, he looked for that city that had foundations. He searched diligently. Abraham knew that that land of promise was not a physical land. He got to a point, Abraham knew in his heart that that city must have foundation and that the builder and maker of that city is God himself. Now, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have return. Verse 16, but now they desire a better country. That is an heavenly. In other words, it got to a point they knew that this better country that they desired was an heavenly country. It was not an earthly one. It says, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. So, the Bible lets us know that these heroes of faith, they all died in faith. The Bible lets us know that these heroes of faith, they all died in faith, not having received the promises. But the Bible says they, they saw them from afar off. They were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. And the Bible says they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Verse 15, and it says, and truly, if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Verse 16, it says, but now they desire a better country. That is an heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. So, the Bible lets us know in verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 11, that God is not ashamed to be called their God, because they seek a better country. And God himself has prepared for them a city. And this city is what the Bible refers to in Psalm 48 verse 2, as the city of the living God. It says it's beautiful for situation. It's the joy of the whole earth. And he calls it the city of the great king. He calls it Mount Zion. Now, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read verse 18 to 24. Hebrews chapter 12. So we have established the fact that the city of the living God is Mount Zion. The Bible calls it the only mountains of God, the mountains of God. And the Bible says in Psalm 87 that the foundations of God are in his only mountains, that God loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. And it says, glorious things are spoken of the O city of God. So God has spoken glorious things concerning Zion. And the Bible lets us know that Abraham looked for a city that had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And the Bible says, even all the other heroes of faith, that they were seeking a better country. They knew they were strangers and bringers on this earth. And the Bible says, God himself is not ashamed to be called their God because he has prepared for them a city. Now, this city that God had prepared for them is what is called Mount Zion. Now, God had prepared this city, but this city could only be accessed after the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And this is one of the reasons why Christ came, so that we could get access into this mountain of God, into this city of the living God. Now, Hebrews chapter 12, we are going to read verse 18 to 24. Now, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18, the Bible says, now, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18 to 24, now, the writer of Hebrews compares Mount Sinai to Mount Zion. Now, Mount Sinai is the mountain where God gave Moses, the ordinances and the laws that were to guide them as regards the old covenant in the wilderness. Now, Mount Zion is a symbol or symbolizes, represents the new covenant. Now, so the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse, from verse 18, it says, For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and are burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. Verse 19, And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Verse 20, it says, For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. 
And it says in verse 21, and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, exceedingly fear and quake. Verse 22, it says, but ye have come unto Mount Zion. Now, verse 18 to 21 talks about the experience of the children of Israel at Mount Sinai. So the writer of Hebrews begins to say in verse 18 that we are not come unto that mount that might be touched, that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. He says that we have not come unto the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words. Which voice, when they heard, they entreated that the words should not be spoken to them anymore. Because at Mount Sinai, the children of Israel heard the voice of God. And they told Moses they didn't want to hear it anymore. That Moses should go forth and hear the voice of God for them. And the Bible says in verse 21, it says, And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. So it says, We have not come unto that kind of mountain as Mount Sinai. But in verse 22, it says, But ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. So it's letting us know that not like the whole covenant, where they came onto Mount Sinai, and it talks about the experiences they had at Mount Sinai, but it says in verse 22 that we are come unto Mount Zion, unto that city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, unto an innumerable company of angels. In other words, he's saying that this Mount Zion that we have come into, this heavenly Jerusalem, as in it, an innumerable company, gathering of angels, no angels that cannot be numbered. Verse 23, it says, To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Verse 24, it says, And to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. Now, it does a comparison between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. And it lets us know that we have not come onto that kind of mountain called Mount Sinai. But it says we have come onto Mount Zion, the city of the living God. So, this Mount Zion that Abraham and the other heroes of faith, this city that they were looking for, that they searched diligently for, that made them declare that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth, and yet they couldn't gain access into that city. The Bible says, now we are come unto that city called Mount Zion, city of the living God, heavenly Jerusalem. And it lets us know the kind of city that we have access to, the kind of city for which we are inhabitants now. It says, it says in that city there are innumerable company of angels. He calls it assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. He says we have come to God, the judge of all, and to the spirit of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. He says we have come to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Hebrew. So he lets us know that in Mount Zion, the new covenant was established at Mount Zion. And that's why he begins to say things like we have come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. He says we have come to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel, letting us know the benefits that we enjoy in Mount Zion, in this city of the living God. You know, at this juncture, I just want us to begin to thank God for access that he has given us to this city of the living God. It says, oh, glorious things are spoken of the whole city of God. Can we just begin to thank God for the access he has given us, the fact that we have come unto Mount Zion, this city of the living God, heavenly Jerusalem. It says we have come unto God, the judge of all. We have come to that city where our spirits have been made perfect. He says, we have come to the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. He says, we have come to the mediator of the new covenant, to his Christ, and to the blood of speaking that speaks better things than the blood of air. Can we just thank God for accessing to Mount Zion? Can we just thank God because we have come unto Mount Zion, this city that the Abraham looked for, that foundation whose builder and maker is God. We have come unto that city. I want you to know that in the Bible, you see, every time the Bible talks about mountains and hills, mountains and hills are referred to as their symbols of authority. 
In other words, when they wanted to make sacrifices of worship to God in the Old Covenant, they ascended into mountains and hills because they were symbols of authority. So when the Bible says the city of the living God is Mount Zion, he's trying to let you know that this city of God is, is a city of authority because mountains and hills are symbols of authority. Now, Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. Can we open to the book of Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. We are going to read from verse 1 to 5. Isaiah chapter 2. Now, there were a lot of mountains where people offered sacrifices of worship to God in the Old Covenant. Many mountains, different mountains. But you see, the focus today is Mount Zion, which is the city of the living God. But I needed to establish the fact that these mountains are symbols of authority. Mountains and hills in the Bible are symbols of authority. So every time people wanted to make sacrifices of worship to God, they ascended into mountains or into a, into hills to actually make sacrifices of worship to God. Now, Isaiah chapter 2, I'm going to read from verse 1 to 5. Now look at what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 2. The Bible says, the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 2, it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. Verse 3, and many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge for among the nations, and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Verse 5, O house of Jacob, come ye, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 2, from verse 1, it says the word of the Lord that came to Isaiah, the son of Amos, concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 2 is where I'm going to. It says, and it shall come to pass in the last days. Now, every time you hear a prophecy by a prophet of the Old Covenant, where it says it shall come to pass in the last days, it's just like when Joel began to prophesy in Joel chapter 2, around verse 27, where it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Now, every time they said it shall come to pass in the last days, they were talking about after the death and the resurrection of Christ. So, these are the last days. From the day Christ resurrected from the dead, the last days began. And so, every time you see, and it shall come to pass in the last days, they are talking about after the death of Christ. Do you understand? After the death and the resurrection of Christ. So, when he says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, he's saying, it shall come to pass after the death and resurrection of Christ, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. I told you that in the Bible, every day you see mountains and hills, they are symbols of authority. So when he says, it shall come to pass in the last day that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. He's saying that it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord's house will be established at the top of all other symbols of authority. In other words, he's saying that all authority in heaven and on earth will be given to the mountain of the Lord's house. So he says, and shall be established in the top of the mountains and be exalted above the hills. In other words, he's saying that the authority and the power that will flow from Mount Zion, that will flow from the mountain of the Lord's house, will be above all authorities in heaven and on earth. And he says, and all nations shall flow unto it. So he's saying that in the last days, and these are the last days, that the mountain of the Lord's house, which is Mount Zion, 
shall be established in the top of all mountains. So regardless of the kind of authority that exists in heaven and on earth, he's saying that in the last day, this was a prophecy by Isaiah before Christ came. He was saying that after the death and the resurrection of Christ, that the mountain of the lost house shall be established in the top of all mountains. So all authorities in heaven and on earth will be subject to Mount Zion. And he says it will be exalted above all is, and all nations shall flow unto it. Why? Because once a mountain is exalted above all mountains, every other mountain we have to bow to it. So he says, all nations shall flow unto it. Verse 3, he says, and many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So it lets us know here that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established at the top of all mountains and be exalted above all is. And it says all nations will gravitate towards it. All nations will flow to Mount Zion. In other words, Mount Zion, Mount Zion will have a magnetic and attractive force. All nations will be subject to the mountain of the Lord's house. It says it will come to pass in the last days. It says all nations shall flow to it. Now, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 30. You will now understand why Jesus began to say, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Because Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2 says that the mountain of the Lord's house, talking about Mount Zion, shall be established at the top of all mountains. In other words, it will be established at the top of all authorities that exist. And it will be exalted above all ills. And it says, all nations shall flow unto it. Now, Matthew chapter 28, from verse 18, we're going to read verse 18 and a part of verse 19. He said, and Jesus came, and speak unto them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and on earth. He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Why did he say this? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, He says, All power is given to me in heaven and on earth. It's like what Isaiah began to prophesy that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established at the top of all mountains and be exalted above all hills, because mountains and hills are symbols of authority. So he said that. All authority will be subject to the authority of Mount Zion. So Jesus began to say that all power, this was after the resurrection of Jesus, is given unto me in heaven and on earth. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. So Jesus did not give a command for them to teach all nations before he died. But when he died and resurrected, and all authority had been given to him, he said, all power is given to me in heaven and on earth. He said, Go ye therefore and teach. In other words, he said that now that all authority, all authorities and powers are subject to me, now you can go forth and teach all nations. And this is exactly what Isaiah chapter 2 was talking about, verse 2, where it says that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established at the top of all mountains and exalted above all hills. And it says, All nations shall flow to it. And it says, Men will begin to tell themselves, Let us go up to the house of the God of Jacob that he can teach us his ways, he can show us his path. So it says, all nations will gravitate towards Mosiah. Now, Isaiah chapter 60, Isaiah chapter 60, from verse 1 to 3, Isaiah chapter 60. So Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and on earth. And this is one of the reasons why God has given us access to this city called Mount Zion. So that we can walk in the authority of this city. We can rule over nations. And nations are subject to us. So he says, all nations shall flow unto it. Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go in therefore and teach all nations. Now, Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 to 3. Isaiah chapter 60. This was also a prophecy. Isaiah says, arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of God is risen upon thee. He says, For behold, darkness covers the head, and gross darkness the people. But he says, But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. 
He says, and the Gentiles shall come to your light. Now, some versions of the Bible will say, and the nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of a rising. It's like what it says in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. He says, all nations shall flow unto it. In other words, all nations will gravitate. All nations will come unto Zion, because Zion will be established above all authorities on earth, in heaven and on earth. So it says here that we should arise and shine because our light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. He says, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and grow darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon us, and the glory of God shall be seen upon us. And he says, nations shall come to our light, and kings to the brightness of our eyes. You know, I just want us to begin to declare in the name of Jesus, that as inhabitants of Zion, that we shine as light, holding forth the word of life, as inhabitants of Zion, because he says, nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to read verse 13 um, to 16. But see, I don't want to show you something because when it says that the mountain of the Lord's house has been established at the top of all mountains and exalted above all this, and it says, and all nations shall flow unto it. And I begin to explain, began to explain to us the fact that this mountain of the Lord's house is Mount Zion. And by saying that he has established it at the top of mountains and exalted it above all this, he's saying that now all high places, all authorities are subject to Mount Zion. So everything we do in Zion, we are doing with the authority that is higher than all authorities. Now, Look at Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5 from verse 13. Look at what Jesus said. He said, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savour, where shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot. Now, verse 14 is really where I'm going to. He says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill that cannot be hid. Pause. Remember, Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2, he says, The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established at the top of all mountains and exalted above all is and all nations will flow onto it. So it lets us know that Mount Zion will be established at the top of all mountains. Mount Zion will be exalted above all is. In other words, Mount Zion has been put on a pedestal that is higher than all pedestrians. So it says nations will gravitate towards it. So it says here in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And look at the way it describes you as the light of God. It says, a city that is set on an hill cannot be. In other words, it's that he's saying that we have been set above all authorities. We have been set at the top. He has exalted us. The Bible says he has taken us out from the married clay. He has set our feet upon the rock and he has established our goings. He has put a new song in our mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and they shall trust in the Lord. In other words, he has made us light. This light that he has made us, he describes it as a city that is set on a hill. In other words, like a city that has been set on a pedestal that is higher than all pedestrians. And this city is Mount Zion. Now, because we are inhabitants of Zion, because we we are citizens of Zion. This is a description of us as the light of the world. We are like a city that is set on a hill and we cannot be hidden. Verse 15 says, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that in the house. Look at what it says in verse 16. It says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. He says, let your light so shine. He says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill that cannot be hidden. You know, I just want us to begin to declare in the name of Jesus that we walk as the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill. That we walk in the authority of Zion. In the name of Jesus, we walk in, we live the quality of life that God expects us to live.